how do we introduce this thing? Well, do you want me to fumble one out? <laughs> we, we, we usually manage it that way, don't we? Yeah, we, we, we sometimes don't, but, you know. <laughs> We've done, this is the tenth one of these, we should be professional by now. This is number ten? This is number ten. Are you sure the last one was number ten? No, number, last one was number nine. Oh yes, okay, because, yeah, okay. Hello everybody and welcome to another damn conspiracy. Hello. Hello. I am Carl as per usual and I'm joined by the one and only George. Hello. Hello. It's new year. It's officially 2016. Yeah. It's important that it's official. It's official. Yes. Yeah. 2015 can fuck right off. Oh, um, please. <laughs> Uh, sorry for the lack of shows recently. We've been busy. We've we real life been things. Busy. Yeah, yeah. I know. So unfortunately, we've not had time to sit down. This is the first time we've had to sit down, and then we realised we have fucking nothing to talk about, and it's been a slow news week. Yeah, it has so, been a slow news week. We were so, looking through. We were looking on various uh, purveyors of terrible news, um, <laughs> and, and, and honestly, the, it's just nothing. The headline at the moment's about a sodding snowstorm. It's weather. It's not news, it's weather. Breaking news, weather has happened somewhere in the world. I know. <laughs> and then the independence headline is, Storm coming to UK. Well, yeah, that's how the weather systems work. <laughs> every time. It comes from America, it comes over the Atlantic, and comes to the UK every single time. So there's bloody foreign weather fronts coming and stealing our British sunshine. weather's jobs. Stealing our sunshine, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Blame the migrants for the shit weather. <laughs> So, yeah, as, we, as we can tell, we're really prepared to be doing this right now, <coughs> um, but I think... Plus, we're both gratuitously ill. <laughs> if I sound funny than usual, that's why. Yeah, so uh, let's attempt to drag some sort of content out of this. We can squeeze the last bit of ketchup out of this metaphorical ball, and we're going to do some... We're gonna <laughs> nice t- metaphor. Thank you. We're going <laughs> to... I'm just going to continue talking like it never happened. Um, and we're going to talk about news um, from this month. Now, given that there has been so little news, right? We, we thought we'd just do like a, a mini news segment, like the sort of in-depth analysis you'd expect on Fox News, you know, the whole oh, no. 20 seconds of like talking about what the story is, except that we're going to cut out like the mad ranting and raving that follows for the remainder of the program. <laughs> I'm too ill to rant. That is how ill he is. That is how ill he is, right? Oh, Listen, yeah. if he's not here, like for the next episode, it's it's... But if I'm not here, there's going to be You've no fucking the show. Sides. There's no show if I'm not here, though. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you can start doing your own by yourself, that's fine by me. I don't <laughs> <laughs> so, 2015's gone. It's fucked right off. 
Yeah. Goodbye. And then nothing happened. Nothing at all. And then everyone died. Yep. That's essentially it. As bad taste chocolate. Um <laughs> This yeah. podcast is known for its good taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, David Bowery died, which was shocking to a lot of people. Like not that long before his death he released an album. Day, mere days, wasn't it, beforehand? There was there was speculation that it was you know, it was very dark and it was Yeah. I mean, you know, in, retros- saying, yeah, I mean yeah. in retrospective, listening to it, you can tell it was a farewell album. Oh, definitely. Um, Ab- absolutely. I, yeah. And you, you know, you watch the, the videos as well. And the, the that he is saying goodbye. Yeah, he is. That that is what he's doing. This is not. It's not. It's not like a, a conspiracy theory or some random speculation. No, no. Well, they've they've the like family. Ha- I think one of his producers has confirmed that's what yeah. he was doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just wanted to keep it quiet, and he passed away. And it, it's—I it was really shocked because I, you know, I've—I've I've always liked his music. Yeah, and I know so many of the songs. Yeah, I mean that's the thing about his music. Even if you don't think you're a David Barry fan, take yeah. get, get a copy of his greatest hits album and listen to it, and you go, oh, I know ninety percent of the one. tracks. I know that one. Yeah, I know that one. And it—it's it, like it's like the Beatles, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I'm, I want to be a, a Beatles. I wouldn't call myself a Beatles fan. But I know loads of songs and I like them. Yeah, they're just they, you know, there's there's some artists and some musicians who are just they're just part of of, of the music you are surrounded with, and are pleased to be surrounded with. Yeah, not like Bieber. And then, and then when they go, it's like well, you thought they'd be there forever. Yeah, that is the thing about about him, especially because a lot. I mean, throughout the years, he's changed his persona on stage, and he had a yeah. definite stage persona. His music adapted throughout the years too. Um, but he was always sort of very creative with that. But yeah, he changed his son so many times over the years, and since he sort of became a popular musician, I think every generation has songs of his that they can relate to. I I, I actually remember from being a child. Like this must be one of a pretty early memory for me. I, mean, I have the memory of a sieve anyway, right? And I can't remember basically anything from my childhood now. Um, and it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> um, but but one thing I do remember is is um, my mother playing me um, Space Oddity. All right. Um, <laughs> and I re- I, you know, and I remember the lyrics. You know, the, the, and I remember how it sounds. But I'm not just remembering. I'm remembering it from back then when I was a t- when I was a kid. I must have been four or five. Wow. <laughs> and I remember it. And for, you know, <coughs> you know, as much as I'm not this great David Bowie fan, he was always there. Hmm. And it, his his music was very different to the mass-produced sort of pop conveyor belt of crap. It's one of the things that made it worth listening to. Yeah, he was a musician with a lot of talent in what he did, <coughs> and it's why he could change. It changed throughout the years because he adapted like a true artist adapts. They don't do the same thing every single time and try to copy and paste the same successes. They try new things. They explore, and that's the great thing about his music. The fact so they push themselves, they challenge themselves. Yeah. The fact that since he died, seven or eight of his albums have gone in the chart, and they're doing some of them are even doing better than they ever have. Yeah. And it's just it's just a testament to how good the music was. And it may be strange that he's no longer on this planet, but the music will always be there, and it'll always be part of people's lives, and it'll be the sort of music that will be passed down to newer generations, and they will hear it because it is timeless. To say a lot of it is like 70s and 80s pop, 90s pop, whatever. It's it's still timeless. It's still it's it's, you know, it's pretty fucking good music. Um, 
But yeah, that was fucking sad. And then we lost um, Alan, Rickman. Alan Rickman, which again it was just like fucking hell. That was just dreadful, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, f- for Argentina, I didn't, I didn't appreciate he was old as he was. No, well, wasn't he in his forties when he did Die Hard, like his first film? <laughs> was he? Yeah. Um, and for our generation, I think Harry Potter is the thing he's known for. I yeah. mean, that was such a big yeah. thing. And Sweeney Todd, as well. I remember from that. So maybe not quite. Maybe we don't know it quite as well from Sweeney Todd compared to Harry Potter. I mean, I know him from Dogma, <laughs> but whatever, you know. If we're going to start <laughs> saying obscure films that people haven't seen, um, <laughs> but he's it's it's weird. It's one. It's weird how these oh, fucking sl- I don't want to use the c word. Um, <laughs> famous people. It's weird how. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Artistic talents. Uh, oh <laughs> God! <laughs> oh, it's weird how um, when these people pass away, how much of an impact it has on your own life. To see you don't know these people at all. This is these people who p- provide entertainment essentially for the most part. You know, the fact that you can feel like oh shit. Yeah. That it's it's weird that it's very weird. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, it's meant to be a mini new segment, so let's not dwell yes, on these things. But let's move on for that. But it is definitely a loss. Um, two big losses there. Yeah. <sighs> All the leaves are brown, and the sky is gray. I've been for a walk on a winter's day. Oh, let's get let's go on to some nice scandalous news, eh? Yeah, so let's have some good scandal. Uh, so, so uh, for the second year in a row, the Oscars are massively racist. <laughs> Look, I could I could say it in a nice way, but there is no nice way to say it, yeah. right? They've come out with loads of nominations, and they're all like white middle class men. Mm-hmm. Even even the best actress section. Oh, white class middle class men. Straight white middle class men, yeah. <laughs> DiCaprio finally got that nomination. But it wasn't Best Actress. But you know what? You take what you can get, <laughs> don't you? Um. <laughs> you do if you're him. Fucking hell. can't believe he hasn't got one yet. Oh. <coughs> I can't remember who said it, um, but on Twitter I read some something that somebody put, and it was basically like, he's never going to win an Oscar, but somebody's going to win an Oscar playing him in his biopic. God's sake, <laughs> yeah. And it's not that far from the truth. We love you, though. Don't worry. We love you, Leah. Um... Not in Titanical, that's a shit film. Anyway, but he's, he's good in other stuff. He has been in other films. Um, he's good in many things. Yes. Uh, we should probably start by saying that we have... We looked down the list of nominations, and we have seen... Or I have seen Star Wars and Ex Machina, and that's it, from the entire list. I've seen Inside Out. Oh, no, I've seen that as well. From Best Animated. But even even me, who's a big animation fan, even then I haven't seen half the films, so... So we aren't going to be talking about the films? No. But the matter so there's not really spoilers? But matter of the fact is that there's about six thousand members in the academy, and oh, and I, and the majority of it is over fifty white males. <laughs> that is. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's that's film critics for you, right? <laughs> well, it's just a lot of the industry too. It's just like that's yeah. the majority of the academy is, you know, white over fifty. You know, that's that, and that is going to have an effect on what they're voting for. 
obviously it there'll be some people. Clearly, it does. Obviously, there'll be some people that are open to diversity, and there's going to be people that are just like I like what I like, and I happen to like, you know, old-fashioned white people on the street. You know, yeah. They need to diversify by having more members of different, different from different areas, different walks of life. The fact it's majority male is bad enough. I mean, it's it's addictive as a state of Hollywood, isn't it? Really? Oh yeah, because the Oscars the Oscars do kind of embody Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, okay, you know. I mean, it's dominated by males. Yeah. And females get fucked over. They do, and it's 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 about it's you know this is a demonstration of the opportunities available. Yeah. For people in the film industry in Hollywood, I know you. I mean, you 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 recently had you know been massively turned off by Hollywood films by blockbusters. Oh yeah. Because you've been watching. Independent films and foreign films, yeah, and clearly, and clearly, you know, and and they're generally speaking, mm-hmm. the more fulfilling, the more interesting because they're more diverse. I mean, I haven't seen a new Star Wars film, and I love Star Wars the originals, but I'm just like, I just, I don't feel the need to rush out and see them. But the I, I've I've seen it twice. <laughs> I'm a physics student. <laughs> but the entire Expected. industry is is backward. Like this is this is television. But the reboot in the X Files, it's gonna be on <coughs> Channel Five in this country. It's made by Fox, and oh, the um, the female co-star who in the past fought for equal pay for her because it, it, there's her and uh, it's Gillian Anderson. I can't remember the other guy because I don't. Um, but anyway, she she fought b- back on the series run to get equal pay, and she managed to get it after a while. And when they did the reboot, they offered her like. A lot less than the male star, and mm. she basically went, "No, fuck off." But the thing is, they needed her to do the, you know, yeah. so they ended up paying it. But it's just like she's an established actress who is. I can't, I can't, I'm shocked that it's just allowed to be the norm. Yeah, she she is a established actress. She is a co-star in that series. She's not a side character. She is her character is level with the main male character, and yet. Half as much. Like no, it's fucked. Um, and it's, it's it's so old fashioned. And it it need it needs a lot of female actresses and directors and all sorts are just happy with the status quo because they're just happy for the work. But some people aren't. But you see, that's not the same as happy, is it? No. That's 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 not being prepared to speak out because if you do speak out, will you work mm. again? But people need to. St- I mean, what the hell? What kind of industry is that? I know people need to start speaking out. In all walks of life, about inequality, females should be paid the same amount <coughs> as males for the same work. Yeah, and it's happened. In, it's not just Hollywood, though. There's a lot of it's industries. Not, but Hollywood does have a real problem. Oh, when well, Hollywood is everything's bigger in Hollywood, everything's you know, it's everything's worse in Hollywood. But it's it is a problem throughout many different industries. You know, females do not get the same rights as males. In the workplace, which is stupid, they should do. They should get the equal pay because they get they're doing the same fucking jobs. Exactly. Um, anyway, yeah. the Oscars have come out and said, "Oh, we're going to double the number of female members, um, minority yeah. members, by 2020." Right mm-hmm. now, um, I t- th- th- this this doesn't solve the problem. Just because the Oscars fix the membership does not mean that Hollywood fixes its attitudes. No. Now, okay, you know, maybe it's a it's it's, it's a step forward, right? And, and maybe it will lead to actors from minorities and, and you know you know getting better better recognition. Hmm. 
but that remains to be seen. Yeah, I mean the fact. I mean the fact is that there are fewer stars in movies who are black, for instance. Yeah, but they're just they're just fewer of them. The few the fewer female lead. Yeah, leads like the Hunger Games was an interesting series, and in that the main what the main character was female. I mean Jennifer Lawrence is a pretty. You know, she says what she thinks, kind of person. So she, she does. She spoke about the issue. Yeah, before. and she's gonna. I think. I, I think she's somebody to look. To, you know, look towards in the future. I mean, she wants to direct as well as act. I think. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think her, her career is gonna be an interesting one to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, but things like there's like the Marvel universe. How many fucking films are they making in the Marvel universe? And yet, the Black Widow, uh, who's played by um, oh, fucking Scarlett Johansson. Um, the fact that she's not getting her own film, despite being a very good character, and yet crappy B-rate comics that no fuck has read since the f- like few geeks <laughs> when it first came out, they're getting films. It's, what was it like Ant- Ant-Man or some shit like it's that? It's just like, hold on, why why isn't one of the fucking Avengers getting their own movies? I'm I swear she's <laughs> the only Avenger that doesn't have her own fucking movie. And I'm, I'm certain that these film studios justify it by saying, "Oh, well, they won't make as much money." Yeah, that's what they think. I, d- I just don't believe that's true. I can, I can, you know, I can, I can understand an, uh, a superhero movie maybe having more male fans, but I'm not sure that e- that even means that there are fewer people going to go see no. it. And the thing is, the new Star Wars film, one of the main new characters is female, and it's caught Disney off guard. For example, merchandising. The majority of the merchandising for the new film didn't have her in it because they didn't think she was going to be a big character. Suddenly the world likes the fact there's a strong female character in as one of the mains and Disney are like, shit. Like, the, one of the reasons why Disney have delayed the release of the new Star Wars film from the summer to the winter is because they're doing rewrites based on the popularity of characters. Is that is that right? Yeah. Oh shit, I didn't the know. The rewriting that. and it's not because <coughs> the film's okay. bad. Good. It's because of the popularity of the new characters. They didn't think the new characters were going to be as popular as they are. I wonder if they're going to come up with a new plot as well. I don't know. I, again, I don't know. We don't know a lot about it, but the matter of the fact <laughs> is is like that's a strong character in there. I think there needs to be more strong female characters out there. <laughs> and it's and we need more diversity through but not by like Chuck it, you know, throwing white actors to the side. We, we no, make more films, make more films. That this Hollywood's got a problem with the amount of content it's making. It's making a lot of like samey crap. Well, there are so many films that have the same bloody actors in it all the time yeah. anyway, and it just gets boring. We've got there's, there's absolutely shitloads of actors. Yeah. I mean, uh, just yeah. Ch- just just choose some that aren't white and male. Yeah. It's not difficult. <laughs> The the the, the rebooting the uh, Ghostbusters franchise, and they're getting a load of shit because the director decided to make it an all female Ghostbusters team, and they're getting shit for it. Yet I seem to remember the original Ghostbusters film was an all male team, and that's fine. But suddenly all female, like oh, you're just trying to be diverse to ple- please the PC crowd. It's like no, it's a fucking. And my advice isn't to go watch it and see if it's any yeah. good. Yeah, and if it's a good film, then you might like it. If it's a good film, it's. That's good. It's doing something different than the original. It's a reboot that actually makes some sense of existing. <laughs> you know, unlike the majority of reboots. That's well, let's be honest. If it's shit, it's not going to be shit because they're all women. No, it's going to be shit. Cause, yeah, for reasons. Yeah. Oh. Quite. Anyway, That's so the yeah, the Oscars are. We, we, despite the fact that we have 
covered a topic about uh, uh, BME actors, we've managed to talk about female actors instead. Yeah. Um, I, no, it's one <laughs> of the ass- sort of focus we have in the <laughs> podcast. We, we 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 we're very good at getting right to the heart of the issue accurately. <laughs> the thing is, as well, not, di- not diverging completely. The, yeah. the two the two issues are linked. Yeah, the, the issue. But it's 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 interesting to see uh, just just how many uh, actors are now boycotting yeah. the Oscars, uh, and, and rightly so. Good I on think. them, um, that, you know. <laughs> there's there's a lot of pressure on the host at the moment to um, to stand down. He's a, a popular American comedian, uh, and he happens to be black, and uh, he he's currently saying he's still going to do it. Mm. Uh, in a way, I actually think he should stand down because I think that you know BME actors have this opportunity now to step away from the Oscars, and the public, uh, the the public of all around the world will be uh, presented with an Oscars where there is not a single black face. Mm. And maybe, maybe then the public watching will realise, oh, this isn't quite right. <laughs> I think they should take the opportunity. Yeah, me too. So that's the anyway. Oscars. There you are. Anyway, well this this mini news segment has gone on for considerably longer than enough to call it mini. Oh god, I'll cut it. I'll cut half that out. Playing a video game. A video game. game. Yes. Oh. I've been playing Undertale. It's been getting a lot of good press recently. Uh-huh. And understandable. I'm gonna be very, very spoiler free when I talk about the game. Simply because it's that sort okay. of thing where there's a joy in playing the game. Well I haven't seen I haven't seen it or played it. I, I saw some screenshots before we started recording, yeah. so you're gonna have so to So it's tell an it indie is. RPG. It's inspired by games like Earthbound, um, made by Nintendo on the SNES, and it's a game made by one person. Um, it's made by um, Toby Fox, and he he has made basically the game is it's an RPG with comedy elements. It's a funny game, um, and it's got a silly sense of humour, and it turns some of the traditional RPG mechanics on its head. And you basically are a boy who's trapped in the kingdom of the monsters which is underneath our world because the humans blocked them off from being able to go above the surface and you're basically trying to get back to the you know up top so simple, simple premise but that is the joy of this game it is uh. its simplicity is also one of its sort of key points it means it can focus on different things it's incredibly funny. Like I have been laughing out loud on multiple occasions with the script. There's no voice acting. It's all like N64 style grunts and args, and then there's text. <laughs> but the com the comedy is it's very funny. It's it's silly. Like if you're fan of Monty Python and things like that, you're gonna enjoy the humour. The <laughs> battle mechanics are little kind of like mini games essentially. So for example. If the person starts crying, 
on the bottom you have a little box with like a heart which represents you and the tears fall down and you've got to move left and right and dodge the tears but the best one of the best things about the mechanics is you can be a complete pacifist playing it you do not have to attack anybody if you don't want to so you can play the entire game pacifist which by doing different things for example you like one of the bosses is a giant dog monster and you can pet the dog and so you can attack him I can pet the dog um, and do different things like that and obviously there's a little bit of a puzzle element to it with regard to like what, what mechanics you use but at the moment I'm playing a complete pacifist run of the game it's fantastic to have that choice because it's the sense of humour actually in the pacifist version is a lot better because in, in the more yeah. serious run people aren't going to be joking as much because they're a bit scared of you killing them but in the yeah. in the version that I'm playing, of course, it's just everybody's really, really silly. Like, the other day, I had a fight with one of the characters, and then I went on a date with him afterwards, just just because I could, <laughs> you know, why not? Um, and that's the great thing about the world, that the world is really well developed. The characters are just so endearing. It's, it's, there's been a lot of care put into this game. He is put so much little like details into the world the music soundtrack he composed the music himself but it is it is it's, it's up there with the best of NES stuff, uh, SNES stuff it's retro inspired I was going to say this does sound yeah, like a true indie re- game yeah. you know it's 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 the love of, of yeah. one guy sat there making it all himself it's it, it's got humour it's got a story that you you can really enjoy it's got an interesting mechanic great music um, the visual style the visual style is very reminiscent yeah, of very Pokemon, much. I yeah, think. it's you know, this this sounds like, it sounds like what what we want indie games that's to a be. That's what people want have wanted from Nintendo for a while. The Nintendo just went off and did the mm. same old, same old. But this is a this is yeah. a fan of those Earthbound of Pokemon who's gone and done his own thing. He's he, he loves the genre. You can tell he loves the genre. Because he subverts it all the time in a loving kind of funny way, and it's just one of those games where you're playing it and you're enjoying the game a lot more than you think you would. And it's it's rock hard game. It's it's fucking difficult. It is a hard game. It is it is a like when I say it's an indie RPG, it's an RPG of the SNES variety. It is hard when it wants to be hard. I mean, especially when you've been complete pacifist because. Your um, you don't get experience points because oh. you get experience points for killing people. So you have to. <laughs> and you're sure you're sure it's possible to complete the game as a pacifist. Oh no, no, it's per it's perfectly. But you have to use your wit and you have to use your sense of humour. And you have yeah. to use your like. I wonder what the dot you need. The dog. Oh, oh, oh! I know. That's pet. Although with the skeleton guy, you you start complimenting him, then you flirt with him, and he gets distracted because you're flirting with him, and it's like, what? Okay. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's just one of those games where the person obviously loves the genre, and he has in- taken that love and used it in a productive way and made his own game. And Undertale's one of those games where I paid eight quid for it. You know, it wasn't that much money. I think it's usually about fifteen quid. But I mean, who's it going to? It's not going to some great big corporation. Yeah, it's going to who's made this game. 
with such love, care, and attention. And it's just it's refreshing. It's one of these things that's familiar and different. It obviously takes its origins from those Nintendo RPGs, but it's its own world, its own characters. It subverts things that are archaic. Like you can't sell any of your items in the shop when you go to sell when you press the sell button in the shop. It goes, why would I want to buy old twigs and crap? Like I can't make money off that. <laughs> you know, it's just like little. <laughs> um, it's one of those games that's you know, in the steep sale in the summer, it'll be available cheap. Because at the end of the day, this game sold like half a million copies, and it's all going to one guy. It will go cheap. Um, <laughs> would have one before it's in uh, yeah. humble bundle as well. It's one of those games that's just like it makes you remember why you love games, and sometimes mm. with gaming, you can get kind of you can you you, you end up playing them, and you think you get halfway through playing, and you're like, yeah. why am I playing this? I mean, okay, I'm, I suppose I'm. I'm killing time doing it, but do I actually enjoy doing it? Then you this? play something like Undertale and you go, yeah, I do. Like, I got that feel. like, <laughs> I had this feeling after the first time sitting and playing it, and it was like, it's something I hadn't felt in a long time, and I think the best way of describing it was, <coughs> it's the feeling I used to have playing Mario Kart 64 and GoldenEye. It's the same thing I used to have playing Smash yeah. Bros. Melee on the GameCube. It's like, you play it and you feel yeah. happy, and you feel... This like warm feeling inside, just like yeah, I enjoy video games, and I haven't had that in years. Games have got depressing and dark. Games have lost a lot of that focus, and this game just made me realise I do like games. I just don't like the same crap shoveled, whether it be a shooter or a Mario <laughs> Mario jumpy game. Um, and this is a game that's very familiar for fans of Nintendo RPGs, but it's also its own thing with its own identity and. For that alone, I think it's worth checking out. It's really worth checking out. Well, maybe Nintendo should give them a job. Get themselves <laughs> back on track. At least yeah, port Undertale to Wii U. But it's available for um, Mac OS <laughs> and well, Windows for Steam at the moment. And I think you can buy it from his website as well, actually. DRM3, I think, off the top of my head. It probably, probably gets to keep more of the money if you do it that Yeah, way. and also you can you can buy the soundtrack as well. And I, I do recommend buying the soundtrack if you can. There's a bundle on Steam that's like, it comes with the soundtrack. You can get, and mm-hmm. it's it's retro inspired, but it's like the best of old retro music. It, the songs have got re- the music's got really good tunes to it, and every character's got its own theme and its different feel to it. The different areas have it's just again so much. The fact that there's a lot of attention detail to put in the script is good, but then the mechanics have got a lot of attention to detail to it. The RPG elements have the story. There's the overarching story, works. all the characters work within that world, the characters are well developed, the music's really good. And you just go, this is one guy, this is crazy. Um, this is the sort of game that big companies wouldn't make, and I don't think they could make anymore. Um, but no, do support this game. Um, and if, if you don't, you know, if you don't know if you're going to enjoy it, a lot of people have been playing on YouTube. Ah, it's always good, isn't it? Check it out on YouTube. Yeah, again... Don't watch too much if you don't want the spo- uh, story spoil. But again, I'm playing it pacifist. I don't have an intention to play it, um, you know, traditional kill everybody method. But I'm going to watch somebody on YouTube what do that. But th- I mean, one, one another thing before I f- um, sort of finish on this is, if you kill somebody in the game, this is the level of detail he's put into this game. If you kill somebody uh-huh. and then delete your save and try and do a pacifist uh-huh. run. You can't do a true pacifist run. Because the character remembers, even if you deleted your save, 
It remembers you killed it on the last run. Oh, that's not fair. Um, well, you can completely wipe the game and reinstall it. Wow. But but the matter of fact is, he's coded it, so the character isn't like it's it's like <laughs> I'm unnerv I'm nervous around you, and I don't really know why. <laughs> and it's because you killed him in the last playthrough. <laughs> that's the level of detail in this game. It's like you wouldn't think. <laughs> like it's like oh bloody hell, uh yeah. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. That's the level of detail we're talking about with this game. So I, I do recommend it. It's, it's very, very good. Oh, that, that, that sounds great. That yeah. sounds great. It's, eight, it's about 8 to 12 hours long, depending on how good at games oh, you are. Oh, that was they well, Short as well. So it's short, it's sweet, it doesn't overstay its welcome. The, every, everything's just got a great polish to it. And just play it. It's great. Support independent developers, especially when they do games like this, because it's, it's, it's what's best of Steam really is. It's these sort of games. Okay, so uh, we've been talking about games for a while. Uh, 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 but uh, I just want to talk about TV a little bit uh, just before we finish up because uh, at the moment there's a really, really good adaption uh, of uh, War and Peace. Now, I know these podcasts are long. Yeah, we shan't be reading War and Peace on here. Uh, and I hope that War and Peace takes more time to read than the podcast. Uh, oh, I yeah, don't know. Uh, <laughs> that should have been my segue into the topic. So we're an hour into the podcast, or we're an hour into the recording anyway. Uh, we're an hour into the podcast, and uh, I think this is the ideal moment to talk about war and peace. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, it's a it's a five episode series. Each one's an hour long, and uh, we we've just had uh, episode three, with episode four coming up tomorrow night. Uh, it's all on iPlayer. You can go and watch it, and I really recommend you do. Um, I wanted to talk about it just because I've been enjoying it so much. Uh, I, hmm. I I do quite like to go back and read, you know, books of of of, of noted pedigree. I don't know whatever you want to call it. You know, I don't read much modern fiction, but I do read books from the past that have been treated as exceptional. And War and Peace is is one of those I've always kind of looked at and thought, oh bloody hell, that <laughs> looks a bit that looks a bit heavy. Both in terms, both in, both in terms of the weight of the book, but also the plot. I mean, oh wow! Yeah, I mean, it took uh, you long. It took you long enough to read like Christmas Carol, and that's not yeah, a. That was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you know what I mean. And it's a book with like, if you don't know, if you're not read it, you know, you hear about War and Peace. It's like, oh god, it's like it's meant to be really long. You know, it's famous for it. Um, but uh, this TV series has been really, really good. Yeah. Anyway, so while the book is really long. Um, this this TV series has actually been really really good. Um, I don't know how much uh, waffle there is in the original. I'm sure it's a heinous, terrible, blasphemous thing to say that there's waffle in the original, but I'm sure there is because it is ridiculously long. Um, whereas this is uh, this is actually pretty good. It's it's driven, it's plot driven, uh, which I I quite like. I quite like books and things that are plot driven rather than character or whatever. Um, but there is a lot of character in this as well, uh, and that's reflected in the fact that there are. Uh, some really really good performances in it as well uh, firstly I, I, it's, it's sensible to mention uh, the guy who plays Pierre Bazukov who is the, the, the main character the uh, 
He's a bit of an anti-hero, but he's the main character, basically. Um, and while the book revolves around life in St. Petersburg and Moscow during the Napoleonic times, it's basically about him and the people he knows. Uh, and he's played by Paul Dano, uh, who plays the uh, incredibly irritating priest in uh, There Will Be Blood, uh, alongside Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, this is a really good performance. He he he's very very impressive. He he, he has this uh, this way of looking really miserable, and really sort of vague and out of it, and a bit of a drip. <laughs> and he's it's perfect. It's perfect for the character. Um, and uh, you, you you just you just look at him and think, oh god, oh oh god. You know, he's so unlucky and he's such a he's such a waste of space. And oh dear, but. It's it's actually really quite good to watch because uh, all the other characters around him are either incredibly evil uh, or, or incredibly uh, strong-willed. Mm. Uh, the contrast is quite good fun. Um, it's got Jim Broadbent in it. Mm-hmm. He seems to be in everything at the moment. Uh, he's playing like a sort of really grumpy old father um, who is completely antisocial. Uh, I think he'd be diagnosed with something these days. But anyway, and it's also got uh, Stephen Ree in it. Um, as the evil and manipulative uh, Count Bolkonski, and um, he's he's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, not Bolkonski, what am I on about? Uh, and it's also got the actor uh, Stephen Ree in it uh, as uh, uh, Count Vasily Kugarin, and he's really really good because he's really sort of dark and manipulative and evil, and it's really exciting to watch. Um, and he incidentally is in Dickensian, which is on the beam as well, which is. It's 20 episodes. On the Dickensian. beep? On the beep? Yeah, what? I know. Except that they're showing two a night. Huh. On every night that it's on. So it's like 10 episodes, but split into two. I have no idea why they've done it like that. It's bizarre. Anyway, he's in that, and he's really good in that as well. Hmm. Um, so yeah, three actors of note there. But uh, but also, the visuals of the thing are amazing. They must have spent really quite a lot of money on this, ad- uh, on this adaptation, hmm. because... Uh, you know the costumes and all the settings are are absolutely fantastic, and it just goes with the whole yeah. the whole feel uh, of the series. In that it, you know it, it feels like a really upmarket adaptation, and mm-hmm. um, quite you know quite often with the beat you kind of think oh you know they're doing the same old same old you know a bit like Doctor Who you know the graphics the the visual effects in Doctor Who you kind of look at them and think oh well that is just a bloke in rubber suit, mm-hmm. and that works for Doctor Who but but. There's something like War and Peace, you know, you want it to be high quality. You want it to have good production values, and this does. And it's very pleasing that it does. Yeah, it's, um, a, um, it's a co-production with the Weinstein Company. Yeah, well, I mean, presumably that's where the money's coming from, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's fantastic. I, I really recommend it. And, and I think the, the acid test of it has been that I now want to go and read the book. Mm. I never did, but I do actually now. Because I think it would be worth reading. Because mm. I think I'm not going to be sat there bored. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there you are. Go Very and watch good. it. That's my recommendation. Um, whilst you were talking, I worked out how long, found out how long the One Piece TV series is, and I added up how much of this podcast we've released so far, not including this episode. Uh, this the running time of the series is 360 minutes in total. We've done 485 <laughs> minutes worth of podcasting. <laughs> So if you are, if you are still listening to us, episode ten. Firstly, thank you. Yeah. Please continue to listen to us. Please 
send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, on our email account, on our Skype mail, <laughs> uh, on iTunes, <laughs> presumably. No, but, but also, <laughs> congratulations, because War and Peace is shorter. Yeah, you, you've, you've listened to something longer than War and Peace. A version <laughs> of War and Peace, but still War and Peace. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, thank you very much. I think yeah, that's I guess we wrap it up there for today. This um, is the end of, end of episode ten. Reb, we promised to do twenty fifteen awards. Oh yeah, we did. Where did that please go? Please send us your nominations. Yeah, for, um, yeah, please send us your nominations to all our ways of contacting. Facebook's the best, to be honest, but Twitter's available, email, all that sort of thing. Um, and thanks for thanks for supporting us in 2015 and we hope to have some more shows a bit more regular this year but yeah so I think I think there was a there's a lot of busyness yeah very busyness in, in January and uh... <laughs> but we but would... now, now we're a bit more settled now I think hopefully we'll, we'll try and bring more shows out as more regularly fingers crossed no promises made so yeah thanks everybody for listening uh, the music at the beginning of the show was by Josh Woodward he does most of the sh- openings for most of the shows we've done so far so thank you very much his music's thank available you. free um, if you enjoyed last episode actually with Chris Tavener our musical guest he's just released a live album of, he did say he would of four tracks two of them which have not been released in any other way Ooh, exciting so that's available through his website if you type Chris Tavener music into Google you'll find him he is very good and he's very good and you know it's pay what you want again pay him some money but if you don't, he set it up that way, so it's his problem, not ours. Um, <laughs> and we will see you again for another episode very, very soon. Hopefully there'll be some more news, because I don't think we could wing another episode. We've winged this one pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> we, and we got through it, just about. <laughs> anyway, see you all later. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>